You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade each in the industry, we thought it was about time we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom with you so you can sell more on your online store. In today's episode, we talk to Heather Rayside, the founder of Social Enterprise for Dignity, where each purchase provides life-giving income to people at risk, rescued, and restored from exploitation. Whether you've got a social enterprise or simply an online store, this episode is full of wisdom that Heather shares with us about her journey. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's dive in. So Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited about being part of this podcast. It's been great to listen to and... And now you're on it. Yeah, that's pretty wild for me anyhow. Oh, we're really happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit about your e-commerce journey is a little bit different because it is a social enterprise. So tell us a little bit about your online store. Sure. Well, I have a online store called For Dignity and it's a little shop helping stop human trafficking. And like you said, it's a social enterprise. So that's sort of like a mix between a charity and a business. It has to be an actual business that makes profit, but you have a cause that you're getting behind and you're pouring most of your energy into supporting that cause and a significant margin of that goes into that cause and you also therefore kind of measuring how effective that is and that's an extra dynamic to running the business not just your business impact and how well it's running and healthy it is as a business but also is it making a difference in the cause that you've got behind. Tell us a little bit about how you decided to firstly create a social enterprise around the cause that you are passionate about, but then also how did you decide that, okay, an online store might be a good way to support this cause? Sure. Well, that's a long story. I'll try and keep it brief. <laughs> it started along the lines of me returning from working and living in Vietnam for eight years, left with a two-year-old and a five-year-old daughters and my husband and I and we went over there and and he set up a corporate coaching business. I worked different charities and in the end worked in health and nutrition development amongst some really marginalized people between the north of Vietnam and China. After returning back to Australia, I had to make some significant life decisions. That was back in 2014. We resettled here and I was like, well, what do I do now? Do I go back into my medical profession? I trained as a GP. I not worked in as a GP for a long time in Australia or do I do something different? And I think basically what I'd experienced overseas, the things that I saw, the people I met, the work and seeing the impact really made me ask how lit a passion in my belly to keep doing something about that. And, you know, I came back here and, and you go through what we call a reverse culture shock. And if you land in another country and you kind of everything's strange yeah. and different, it's really weird to come back to where you were born and bred and everything is strange and different. You know, I remember having meltdowns in the supermarket because, you know, there's two massive shelves worth of toothpaste 
and I have no idea why you need so many different toothpastes. I mean, I just only had the choice of one or two and and the people I worked with didn't even have that choice, you know. So it just every every little thing being from Melbourne I walked into a cafe expecting to order a coffee and there was all these new and strange ways of having a coffee what's a short black my goodness what is that and so do you want caramel in it exactly it was also so sophisticated and I felt like a fish out of water but in all that process of readjusting to life back here in Melbourne and in Australia just started to see what choices and opportunities people have here and there became a desire to try and connect that to the needs of the people across the globe that don't have those choices and opportunities like we do. And I think it really hit me to answer your question more directly, Megan. Why did I start choose an online store? Well, after we had our first Christmas here and it was a bit of a wild ride, we moved into our house three days beforehand. We painted all the bedrooms. Somehow a Christmas tree got erected the Christmas Eve. (laughs) In the aftermath of all that, I was looking at all the things I'd bought in that flurry of Christmas time and gift giving and we were so excited to have Christmas again with our family extended family and all the rest of it after eight years and all the crap (laughs) all the crap that we have I know it is (laughs) it really is and you just go what is the story behind this who made it and what impact is it have am I actually buying something that's actually making someone else's life miserable because they just can't feed their kids Mm. with the salary they get I mean that sounds pretty heavy but that was what I'd been seeing and encountering so I went well people here in Australia it's not like they don't care most of them they just don't have access they don't know so why don't I use what experience I've had overseas to help empower women in Australia to buy stuff that makes them feel good about improving the world we have so that's where it came and I'm a homebody so online store it was made it more accessible to more people across Australia. Yep. And if I want to go further, it makes it more accessible. So that was sort of the, the birthing of the idea. It took me a long time to actually make it happen, a couple of years, 18 months before that, because I have trained in medicine and I have no idea how to run a business. So that was <laughs> a steep learning curve. We've certainly come a long way since then. And I just mentioned to Megan, we pulled up your website before we jumped on this call and I've gone, wow, like you've done so much from when we first looked at your website over 12 months ago, sort of to now. It's just so clear as to what you do now. And I feel like that story of who you're supporting and the people behind the products really shines through now, which wasn't as obvious at the beginning. So it's really nice to see. It's kind of two-pronged because you're helping them financially from your profits, but also you talk about who's making those products and making sure that the things that you're selecting to sell on your site are actually supporting people and giving them away, you know, those people that are coming from adversity. So I love that you picture them on your website as well. So people can really feel that they are supporting those people in their purchase decisions. (laughs) we've had many conversations (laughs) it really helps like yeah visually to see that like I am born in South Africa I know I don't sound like it I haven't got the accent I left quite young but coming back a few times I I understand what you mean about kind of that almost like a hangover when you get back and think wow we're so lucky here and things are so different in Australia and people don't understand how lucky they are I remember talking to some of my best friends are in South Africa and try to explain the Centrelink system. And they're like, what? The government gives you money for doing nothing? And I'm like, 
well, yeah, just so, you know, to make sure that everyone can eat mm. and have housing and all of this. And they were just so shocked that, you know, we even have that possibility. And then you come back to this country where there's people complaining that it's not enough or that this isn't enough. And I'm just think, you know, they're living in shacks because that's all they can do is like grab some scrap metal from the side of the road and put a roof over their head to here where people are complaining that everything's not enough and not enough. So I think highlighting just some of the other ways that people live and it makes you appreciate definitely what we have here. But I love the fact that instead of going and buying something that's supporting a trade that's not great and that's not giving people that roof over their head and a way to feed the family and giving them somewhere to shop that they can feel good about their purchase, especially at those times like Christmas where we feel like we have to buy things, but there's also that push of pull of like, are we just adding to the problem? Uh, we can buy ethically produced stuff and, you know, sustainable products. So I really love the whole concept behind For Dignity and I think everyone should go and check it out after this podcast and definitely have a look at what you've got to offer. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with selling to an Aussie market where we are so privileged? We do have pretty short memory. You know, that culture shock, reverse culture shock doesn't last very long. You know, we kind of go back into our day-to-day and like how do you overcome that how do you help to bridge the gap from people who maybe are busy and who are just you know they just want to tick something off their list they just want to buy a gift or they just want to you know buy some earrings for whatever like you've got so many layers to it it has to be beautiful it has to be easy it has to but then there's also the social enterprise and then there's also you know all the layers that people have to deal with how do you approach that Mm, that's a good question and a hard one to answer. First of all, I'm no different. Like Karen said, I forget. You know, I don't wake up every morning thinking about the poverty I encountered or whatever. And so when I do try and talk and my voice, I try not to be judgmental about people. They haven't had the experience that Karen and I have had of living in another country where we don't have access. So that's okay. I see that as an opportunity to be a bit of a voice for these people that in their situation can be quite voiceless. I think what you've done, you've done something really well in this is that you have present the products as being beautiful products as a standalone thing. So I could come and buy your product regardless of any backstory, any kind of social enterprise around it. And it's a beautiful product. I receive a beautiful experience from that. So I think you have to have that. And I mean, we've spoken about this on probably every episode is you have to have the good product, right? So you've done that and you've done that really well. And then you've got these other layers and that's where you're meeting people with the messaging. And as Karen said, you've updated your website. So it does really reflect. So what do you think about when you go to put the messaging out and like somebody else wanted to start a social enterprise, for example, and they know that that challenge of having to have a good product, but then also having to get people to outlay their money for something, you know, it's, I feel like it's, there's so many kind of challenges around it. I don't know how I'm trying to ask this question or what I'm even trying to ask, but I feel like this, you know, you've got your products, your profit margins, your, you know, so many things. And then you've also got another thing on top of the thing. <laughs> like, how do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how do you? I think what you just brushed past before, Heather, was that you're not judgmental. And that comes across in all of your marketing and your messaging is that you see some social enterprises or charities that definitely come from that angle of kind of almost shaming people into buying things from guilt. And yeah, they might get some money that way, but you don't feel good about your purchase afterwards. You kind of feel like, oh, I have to do that. Whereas this, I can go in and buy a beautiful pair of earrings and then I feel good afterwards. Like there's that, you know, follow up with, 
you've just helped someone as well, but you haven't done it because I guilted you into it. You've done it because I also, you know, provided that great product and I've educated you in the fact that you can, this is who made it and you can feel good about the fact that you're supporting them. Plus, we're going to also use some of our profits to support this and stop exploitation and things like that. So, yeah, it was something I wanted to do right from the beginning was to empower Australian women. Uh, I think for months, at least 12 months, wrestled with what you said about is it the product first or is it the story first? How can we put the two together? and actually make it work Mm. and it's taken me a long time and and I'm still refining it and I think the course last year really helped me to refine my voice and try and integrate the two so my desire was to create a store that if someone jumped on they thought it was a great website regardless of the story but then they'd see the story as a bonus and extra layer to it that's like oh I like this but then I've got a fantastic customer base that are so loyal to the cause and they've connected in and they keep coming back because they really believe in the cause so you're sort of navigating two different groups of people and I'm still trying to learn that is that it really is a challenge as to how to continue to communicate with both especially the cause that we've chosen is pretty heavy and can be pretty confronting and so you don't want to kind of throw that up in over someone's morning coffee. You know, I remember doing a little market because that's how we really started out and got going. And I was doing this market on a Sunday morning with a girlfriend and, and selling, trying to get known. This is right early in the beginning. And get it um, there. Yeah. a very well-groomed lady, because it was in a quite a wealthy suburb, came by and started looking at the earrings. And I just blurted out, oh, these are made by people that have got out of human trafficking, like they're this, that and the other. And and the lady just looked shocked. And my friend turned to me later and said, you can't talk about sex on Sunday morning, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I just, yeah, some people don't Mm -hmm. want to hear that bit. And yet, you know, no sex on Sunday. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Not on Sunday morning. Not at the markets anyway. No, no, exactly. Uh, I love what you have now. So kind of knowing your audience. Yeah, picking the right person. I know that what you've got now, buy the beautiful thing, give freedom. Each purchase provides life-giving income to people at rescued and restored from exploitation. And that's such a beautiful melding of those two things that you've said. And just that like simple phrase on the homepage, getting that messaging right. I think has been a huge thing for you from when we first saw the website and we were like looking at it going, so what are we selling and who is it for? And and it was kind of almost down the bottom that you kind of mentioned, you know, a lot of the gold around the site. And now it's just such a beautiful site. It is about the cause first, but you're buying the beautiful thing. So that's kind of what's helping. And then you've got all the beautiful products and you even gone to the extent of every product page is beautiful and it's got all the right images for that product you've done the messaging beautifully you've got so many nice photos and then on every product page you've got meet the makers and you've actually got a photo of the people making that product and I just love that I know it was something that we mentioned right at the beginning as an idea but you know it wasn't a simple thing to implement and you've gone to the extent of doing that and I think it makes such a big difference thank you yeah it has hunting down my producers saying give me some photos give me some photos please (laughs) still waiting for a few to come yeah I imagine that would have been hard to get as well. It's such a good thing to kind of really point out to anybody listening, like who has a social enterprise or not, putting the effort into every single product page, into every single page, into every single Mm. photo. Like what we often see is somebody will have a beautiful homepage and then you click through and their product pages 
are quite clearly stock photos or vice versa. They've got good product photos and then their homepage is stock. And so the fact that you've kind of gone through and it's been, how long do you think it's taken you to really get your website to a point now where it has those beautiful images and the story and the messages throughout the whole thing? Has it been like two years? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still, there's still pages I know about that you would have, I mean, with 250 plus products, there's still some of the less popular ones that I'm still working on. So it's still in process, but it has been a lot of work to do, but it's been, like you say, it's so valuable and appreciated the impact. And have you seen a difference? Have you noticed a difference since you've made those changes to your website? Yeah, well, when I started the course and this was one of the biggest modules of the course was the traffic ready for me. I think it took me about three months to actually feel like I was close to um, the suggested ideas which I loved and I've already started seeing changes but so it probably was this time last year that I felt like they were already pretty good and I have seen a change in both our sales we've doubled online oh, we really I was dependent on doing a lot of ethical markets and pop-ups in fact before I started NIDA I just had six weeks over Christmas at a large market in Melbourne called the South Melbourne market and I was like sitting on my hands the same time period last year to Mm. see if I could get the same sales as I did while I was at a market full time. And I did. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good news story. Congratulations. A lot of people have, you know, lost that ability to go to markets. So having that online store as a income coming through got ready just in time exactly so yeah I think it has had an impact and even just the email set up and just the post purchase emails people writing back straight away saying yeah I'm so excited that I've been able to help this and, and just I never used to get that feedback that often unless they knew me personally so that must be a really nice feel good to make you want to keep going on those tough definitely, days definitely made a difference I remember something about conversion rate. Yours was always a big thing, wasn't it, about conversion rate? Do you have any numbers that I'm dropping this on you? We haven't prepared for this. So if you don't, that's (laughs) fine. But do you know what your conversion rate was versus what it is? Well, it goes up and down. But I have got that, I think, pre-doing the website upgrade, it was less than one. It was point something, point four, point five, quite low. And I now sit somewhere between two and three most of the time. Oh, so you've only like doubled or tripled your conversion rate. <laughs> that's quadrupled, actually. <laughs> point oh, four that's to two. That's wow. awesome. That's really good. Definitely. Because, I mean, yeah. I think I've just seen how that affects the bottom line in such a way wonderful way and look things change it I you know put up a new Facebook ad or something and all of a sudden people flood the wrong audience I've learned that the hard way the wrong audience floods to the Uh. site and they're really you know and then so you have to change the audience always testing measuring yeah and then it starts floating it takes a little while but it starts floating back to this the happy level I love that you've said that. That's like a a really little nugget of gold there is that when you're running Facebook ads, you don't just look at the Facebook ads. You look at your conversion rate on your website. You look at the purchases that are actually happening as well as the sessions and the pages that they're looking at and all of the other data that is available to you. So if you're one of your Facebook ads is technically getting a lot of clicks and doing its job well, but those people are coming through to the website and not purchasing, then it might not actually be your website's fault. It could be that it's actually the wrong audience coming through 
to your website. And so the fact that you have been testing and measuring and you know that, so you know that actually when I do have the right audience coming to my website, it converts. So nothing has changed on my website. So therefore it must be the wrong audience that's coming to my online store. And so that there's so much power in that. And that only works once your conversion rate is good. And I think a lot of people make that mistake of saying, well, it's not working. You know, we're getting all this traffic and it's not converting. Let's go and change the website or let's go and change the ads. Like, you know, there's so many assumptions to be made, but unless you really are testing and measuring and as we said, a website's not a tattoo. Nothing is a tattoo when you come to digital marketing. And yeah, I think that's really important for anybody listening who's making decisions based on data is to look at the full picture of the data. Definitely. I think that's so important. So for anyone else that's at home that has a social enterprise or is maybe thinking of starting one, is there anything that's been a bit of a surprise for you or anything that didn't work out the way you kind of hoped it did? So any mistakes along the way that you could potentially save someone else from making? (laughs) Any. Top three? Multitudes of mistakes. Top, top five. <laughs> um, I think to quote some great people I know, stick to your lane. It's hard to balance between the mission and business, but you'll find your tribe eventually in terms of people that are willing to pay, say, a higher price for a product that's giving a livable wage rather than not. And I think that was one thing I just I just looked it up. You know, I'm comparing myself to, say, Temple and Webster or a fashion store and where they get and I'm not saying they have slave labor in their their supply chain at all. Like they're different. Yeah, it's not the same comparison. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's one thing. I think one of the mistakes I'm probably still dealing with is that I have met different organizations overseas that actually make different products, right? And I go, oh, what they're doing is so good. I'll try and sell that product as well. And my heart goes out to that. And then I end up with a whole lot of inventory that I can't actually sell or I can't market well. Like I've started to realize that Mm. trying to market homewares is very different to marketing fashion item and you're only one person so you only have so much capacity so sometimes I do one really well and sometimes I do another really well but yeah just start simple and get into your stride before you overcommit to a large range and I guess that's making business decisions you know over heart-centered decisions which I guess is really hard when you've got such an important cause behind the brand you know you've come to it from that social enterprise action angle sorry and then you're having to say no to people who you really want to help I, I think that must be such a hard part of running your business definitely I think that's probably two of the biggest if I had a, a weekend to think about it I'd come back with a list um, because I certainly <laughs> feel like I've just been on the steepest learning curve and, and probably made every mistake in the books You've also made some really good decisions. So don't be too hard on yourself there. Your website and the whole business is just looking so beautiful. I'm so, I hadn't looked at it for so long and I was so impressed coming on and looking through and it's hard to fault. So you've done an amazing job and I'm so glad that the numbers are reflecting that for you as well. So just before I ask you what's next for For Dignity, I just want to give a completely shameless plug. If anybody is thinking about corporate gifts or anything like that, definitely get in touch with Heather. Heather's been sending out our gifts for some of our gifting that we do. And I think it's just, yeah, if you're thinking about that, 
I'm just saying go and check it out. And you can also do personalized things and, you know, you can put together special packs and things for people. So if anybody... I think how special for someone to receive a gift that's also for a good cause. So check it out. Yes. So what is next for you? What's next for For Dignity? We're just going to keep pushing into building on what we've established this last year. And you've already almost, Megan, in your shameless plug, preempted it. I'm very much focused on the individual buyer or the gift buyer to a friend or a sister or a family member or that type of thing, but looking at the opportunity to do a lot more gift boxing and corporate gifting now that I have got the feeling that I can keep the others okay. And coming up this Christmas, we are trialing out a couple of new freedom business products, which I'm really excited about. Just things like table linen and kimonos and just some things I haven't had that fits us. I've been a lot more selective. having learned but um, trying to support a few more enterprises overseas so that's my heart is to the more successful we can can be and have a stronger customer base the more we can support some of the things that are happening overseas to help people so it's sort of a nice little circular we grow bigger they get more yeah it's really good yeah Yeah. i love it so um people can find you at for dignity f-o-r dignity d-i-g-n-i-t-y.com.au so we would love everybody to go and check that out and keep an eye on all the exciting things that you've got coming up speaking of coming up we have a live round of (laughs) ecom igniter which you have mentioned a couple of times which you are a student of our program What would you say to somebody who has an online store and was possibly thinking about uh, learning how to sell more on their online store, joining Igniter? Well, it certainly changed my business around and headed a positive direction. And you've heard the figures, you've heard what I've said. But I think one thing I haven't mentioned is that Igniter has also helped me find my tribe of e-commerce people and uh, Megan and Karen are two women that have had a lot of experience and they're good teachers. They explain things very clearly and well and it's just a very worthwhile endeavour. I mean, I should get more excited about this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I think when you're strapped for money and you're going, how do I grow my business? If you can see that this is a really worthwhile investment to your business growth and just you as a person, I think my stress levels have halved in the last 12 months just from learning how to manage running an online business and how to batch and all these little nuggets that you come out with that has made a big difference. Thank you so much. I think you touched on there the community as well, but really lately we've noticed, especially with a lot of people and a lot of students in lockdown, that they're finding that going to that tribe in their Facebook group and kind of being there to support each other and network and just kind of have each other's backs and know that there's another human being on the other end um, has been so nice. And to see you guys kind of connect in there and, and really everyone is so supportive of each other, regardless of if they're, you know, got the same target market or not, they're really really get behind one another and the community that's been built in there is the thing that we're most proud of. So it's nice that you're getting a lot out of that as well. Thank you for being a part of it, Heather. Thank you. Yes, it's been my pleasure. It's been absolute delight. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Heather. We hope everyone has got something out of today, whether they're looking to add a social enterprise element to their business or they're just wanting to grow their online store. And uh, we hope that you all go and check out Heather's website as well. 
If you're looking to sell more on your online store, you might like to check out Ecom Igniter, our online training program. Find out more at ecomigniter.com and be sure to join the waitlist to access our special early bird offer.